Yo, what's up, guys? That's you, Alex. That's what you sound like when you intimidate me. Intimidate? When I intimidate you, you mean, you Im- mean imitate? Imitate. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. You have been wanting to do that for like the last five minutes. And it just it. completely blew up in your face. Yeah. I said, God damn! <laughs> All aboard! Help me out here, Nick. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I was not paying attention to what you were saying. <laughs> Why didn't you pull the machines? Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, man. there is. An infallible way. They won. Well, it's a casino. People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot? Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? I don't remember. Let's see if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well, when you sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an accent. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter. Fucking dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. What happened? Did your, your balls drop off? <laughs> hey there. Welcome into episode 23 of Film Tank. My name is Alex Diegman, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing two movies again, uh, similar to the format we did a couple weeks ago when we uh, discussed the uh, Terminator Genesis film and also when we talked about Magic Mike XXL. On this episode, however, we'll be discussing uh, the new Marvel film Ant-Man, and also we're going to be discussing the comedy uh, that came out with Amy Schumer called Trainwreck. On today's episode, we have Nick Cheney here. Choo-choo, representing team Trainwreck. Okay. <laughs> if you weren't able to guess it from that amazing intro, Nick saw Trainwreck this week. As, All aboard! Okay. As well as I did. Uh, the other two guys on the show who saw Ant-Man are Toussaint Egan and Kenny Marcellus. Yo, what's up, guys? That's you, Alex. That's what you sound like when you intimidate me. Intimidate? When I intimidate you, you mean, you Im- mean imitate? Imitate. <laughs> imitate. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, man. You have been wanting to do that for like the last five minutes. And it just completely blew up in your face. Oh, what else is new? Uh, I think Nick had too much coffee today. Coffee? So, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, I was going to say Coke. Nick. Sorry, you got Coke in front of you. Yeah, that's right. Coke that's where I get my Not Coca-Cola either. <laughs> I said, God damn! <laughs> Just snorting that shit off of Amy Schumer's face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was something. We'll get into that when we talk about the train wreck review. We will. Uh, and also Ant-Man, which we'll get into in just a little bit on this episode. Uh, first uh, thing we wanted to talk about, though, is that there were a couple trailers released here in the last two weeks, uh, both for movies that are slightly anticipated, one uh, more than the other. And those are the trailers for the uh, upcoming Suicide Squad movie, which uh, DC will be releasing next year. 
and also the film The Revenant, which uh, is going to be coming out in December, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, uh, directed by, I always butcher his name, help me out here, Nick. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I was not paying attention to what you were saying. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm cluing in. You're talking about Anaridu? Yeah. Yeah, Alejandro uh, Gonzalez Anaridu. Yeah, the director of Birdman. Yeah. And uh, his, boy, his next like biggest name film is probably Babel. Yeah. Yeah. Amores Peros. Okay. That's another one. Well, whatever. Um, that movie, though, is coming out later this year. The Revenant is. Uh, and uh, those trailers came out. Um, the Suicide Squad came out about a week ago, and the Revenant trailer just premiered uh, a couple of days ago. I want to get your guys' feelings on them because they were two very different trailers and um, two obviously different genres of, of film. And um, I, I just haven't really heard too much buzz on either of them, and I thought they were interesting for different reasons. And I guess I want to get your guys' opinion on them. Well, if you wanted some buzz, you asked the right bees. <laughs> So I <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um boy. Yes, Nick. Uh, oh, boy. No, literally my I, I watched both trailers and neither trailer wanted me or made me want to see either movie. Um out of the two, I thought the suicide tra- uh squad trailer was just I don't know. It's just that boring drab DC uh visual past. I, like, I like the song in it. Yeah, yeah so that I, was, was I a good cover song. I, I can agree with that. Um but as someone who's completely unfamiliar with the comics and, um, like usual, when it comes to superhero movies, I, I don't have any uh, affinity for the actual, obviously, source material, and therefore the trailer itself really did nothing for me that made it seem like it would be any different than Zack Snyder's usual crop of bullshit. I'm not very familiar with the, the Suicide Squad um, property, mostly because I didn't read those comics, but I am familiar from the concept of it from the DC animated um, short episode that they actually had on them. I was really more taken aback by Margot Robbie's, like, first... Completely uh, sexualized... Well, no, like, just for for first first footage as uh, Harley Quinn, just because there has never been a live-action Harley Quinn before, and, like, there's a lot of precedent to that. And it also kind of weirded me out for the fact that she's the bougie wife from, from Wolf of Wall Street, so I yeah. just couldn't, like, reconcile that, but it was like, it looks okay. Yeah. I was like, it's weird seeing Will Smith and that kind of... In that kind of element, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Will Smith and I know I'm I'm always been a vocal uh, detractor of Will Smith. Like I don't like him and his acting and whatnot. No, I can't. The only thing he ever did good was Men in Black because he was basically playing. You didn't like the Fresh Prince. You didn't watch Fresh Prince. You didn't like Wild Wild West. Did I know? Can you be sarcastic? No. Well, I'm not. <laughs> um, but so I saw it when I was like six. My major problem is that... <laughs> That's why. My major problem with casting Will Smith in a movie like this is it goes back to when he uh, rejected the script of Django Unchained. Like, he doesn't like to be in anything that is in, you know, is in any way like unflattering to his image. So the fact that he's going to be in the Suicide Squad just completely perplexes me. And when I can see the footage of some of his characters, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's literally a line when he's like, let's go save the world. And it, like, I don't know anything he's about Suicide Squad. Yeah, like, They're I, not good I don't guys. know much about the Suicide Squad, but that doesn't make any Sense From what I've gathered, he's just another guy in this movie, which is also kind of weird. He's no, definitely not the he's, starring character. He's uh, 
he's a major character. I yeah. mean, as as any of those those characters. From but it's the, not like he's going to be forced into. He's dead. It's shot. Will Smith and the rest of the Suicide Squad. It it really appears that it's going to be Jared right. Leto's Joker who leads this crew. What did you think of Jared? He looked intense. Yeah, I thought so. I liked the actual. Yeah, I was I was the, on board with it. The clip of it, you know. But I don't know. It's kind of like it's a great small dose of it. I don't know that stretched out over a, you know the course of probably since it's Zack Snyder a three hour thirty minute. Uh, I'm just kidding, but he kind of does get a little indulgent. But I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it when it's stretched out, if it'll really be able to differentiate itself from... Uh, now, this isn't a Zack Snyder-directed film, though. So, but, oh, it's not? What is it now? Uh, I'm not sure. I know he's directing the uh, Batman-Superman thing. It's I guess it's kind of like all roads lead to Zack Snyder in this yeah. current iteration of DC, so that's why I mistakenly well, it, am saying Zack I wanted Snyder. to talk it, about it, one was, scene was, that was actually in that trailer. Can I actually mention this real quick? Cool. It's David Iyer, who's directing this, who directed uh, Fury like last I, year. Okay, that will be... That was really intense. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of David Ayer. I, I do think he's got directorial talent, but um, hopefully, did he write the script? You know about that? I'll find out. Okay. Go ahead, do something. We're gonna. Say yeah, that. he did. Okay. okay, so there's one scene in the in the Suicide Squad trailer that I thought was really interesting. Was like some turn where like the Joker is like in his like stark purple car, and Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn is in the car. Is like what you see right before like cuts to another scene is that Batman is actually on the back of that car. So I think that's Ben Affleck's Ben Affleck's Batman exists in the same universe as Jared Leto's Joker, which is kind of weird to me. Well, I mean, I, I thought that was always the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, that was also the worst kept secret that Batman <laughs> is going to be in this because Ben Affleck was on set and everyone's like, Ben Affleck's here. I guess he's going to be in this. And that did was it, like three months ago. I so. watched this trailer and yet I legitimately don't know. Did Superman make an appearance? I, no. I, I don't remember. So, okay. But I don't know if I'd rule it out just because... I feel like for me, this film looks interesting just because I think this idea of villains becoming heroes is very much... Has a lot of untapped potential in in this world that we live in now where people are starved for franchises. This is something that really feels, for the most part, untapped to me and, no, and could be used a lot better. Especially if you look at our... Like, our poli- political climate i mean i'm a donald trump supporter because i just <laughs> i'm fed up with these you know people that i respect and i i'd rather have somebody that i hate that is a horrible person rise you to know power. you know com- <laughs> comic based movies and presidency it's pretty much the same thing so that was a good analogy nick thank you thank you very much your analogies are out of control man what about awesome. you kenny you seem like you, you were kind of on board with the trailer yeah i mean i'll be excited to see i'm kind of watching the trailer again right now but <laughs> no, i mean i watched it but i I don't know. It's the same with any DC movie. Like, I don't really know what to expect from them. They're not... When it comes to comic movies like this, it's not like Marvel where you kind of know what you're going to get from it. You kind of know the tone you're going to get from it. DC's kind of all over the place, so I don't... I mean, I don't know. It looks dark and... It's going to be know, a very mo- mopey dark tone. Dark and gritty. I don't know. It'll be entertaining, at least. I don't know if it'll be good, but it'll be... I'll Something say, that I'll eat up, I'm sure. And... I'll say this much, and I never thought I would say this um, before I had the viewing experience that I did. I'm more interested in seeing Batman versus Superman than I am in Suicide oh. Squad, based on the tra- based on the trailers, not based on where my interest, I would say, would yeah. generally lie. And you're, meant, I'm guessing, you're referencing the the second Batman yeah, Superman that, trailer because that yeah. first one was just terrible. No, yeah, the, the first red one was terrible. Um, but all I'm saying is that the, the I would say the second one, and that is. Uh, the second trailer in that movie is directed by Zack Snyder, um, yeah. which is, I don't like him or whatever. But that that trailer had a, a whiff of uh, like uh, melodrama. But uh, Suicide Squad, 
nothing in that trailer did much for me, And uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So what about The Revenant? Uh, we all saw that trailer, too. Uh, that's a very different film, which is going to be based mostly about DiCaprio running around <laughs> trying to get vengeance after being mauled by a bear. I'd say that one. I'd be way more interested in seeing that one, to be totally honest with cool. you. That one was That was an intense trailer. Like There was a lot of... Uh, like very urgent kind of uh, distress going on, a lot of panic. It seemed like I, I, I'd never heard of you. Honestly, you said check out the trailer, and I did. I'd never even heard of it up until then, so okay. I know nothing about it literally. But I don't really know the last time I watched a DiCaprio movie and didn't like it. So I had a lot of faith in it. I don't know. I think Nick could go pretty quick to that answer. You uh, you were not a fan of the Great Gatsby, as I believe. <laughs> no, I was not. That was a horrible piece of shit movie. Um, don't, let, don't let Emily hear well, you say that. Well, I like the Great Gatsby. Like, yeah, I mean, just the story not, of not it, that Baz But not Lerman. that adaptation. And I even like Baz Luhrmann. Do you when, really? I mean, I like parts of him. Okay. Well, not like <laughs> parts of him, but I like certain film that he does. I, I was a big fan of Moulin Rouge and mm. um, even the Romeo and Juliet adaptation. Yeah. Great Gatsby is one of those things that it's almost too much of a close match between the two that it just becomes redundant and unnecessary. Very anyway, good. Uh, the Revenant trailer, I was not a big fan of. I liked it more than the Suicide Squad trailer as far as like getting me to want to see the movie, but that trailer itself is a good example for me of something that's well made and yet doesn't actually convince me that there's a movie to be made from it because... It was just cool seeing of him fucking up people. Right, but I don't know that I, once again, want to sit through two hours of a, of a movie that's just that because i actually did started reading about it so the trailer did its job because then i started going around and they are saying that like leonardo uh, leonardo dicaprio's character barely speaks throughout the entire film like it's supposed to be like the exact opposite of like what birdman was it's hmm. like a less talky oh, thank god barely talky <laughs> thank god um you know like no mon- like barely any monologues and just action over you know uh, interaction that type thing so it could be cool i mean maybe this is his you know uh Mad Max movie or something with a bear. It but, reminds uh, me of that video game Red Dead Redemption. I oh, man, I love yeah. that game. Just running around in the West with a yeah. gun shooting It really people. does look like that. Yeah. The only You're thing, just out to get vengeance. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's all it is. The only thing that's keeping me interested in it at this point, because I'm not a big fan of that cast, I'm not a, I like Leonardo DiCaprio, but he never really draws me in. Um, and I'm not a big fan of the other guy. Uh, Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, correct. Um, I, like I, once again, he's fine, but I've just never understood his appeal. I'm glad he's not playing a leading role. Yeah, he so, definitely but. can't do that. But um, I am. Um, but because uh, Emmanuel Lubeski is shooting it, I will probably be in the theater the week one because he's always guaranteed to give you some good shots. Yeah, and this film is going to be basically just landscape shot porn. So. Yeah. Well, consider me aroused. <laughs> <laughs> I I am really excited for this film, and I thought the trailer was just okay. It, it didn't really do anything to make me think, man, this movie's going to be awesome. I'm I'm a little less intrigued than I was before I saw the trailer. So, but yeah. it, it's it's still a good when I good heard trailer. The, but yeah. when I heard the premise, because you had shown me and I didn't even know this was like a working project, and I'm like, oh, you know, Leonardo tries to hunt down a a bear. For revenge, I'm like, oh, this sounds. Well, he's trying like- to hunt down like a gang that he was with because oh, the, yeah. the bear the bear mauls him, and the everyone who leaves him for dead basically is what he's out. So uh, wait, a, a gang of that. bears. That's awesome. I, yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a gang of people. Boy, this is getting worse party. as we talk about it. Yeah, well, oh it's because we're not actually talking about what the material is. So, <laughs> well, then I genuinely did not get that from the trip. I guess I was not paying attention, but. Um, 
Uh, well, then I'm I'm less interested because I thought this was I thought this was like <laughs> I Gang of I thought, Bears. Well, no, I just thought this was on a redo's like The Life Aquatic. Oh, okay. Just sw- sw- yeah. Watching out a, uh, a shark for a bear. Bal- Baloo's gonna come out and masturbate, and then he's gonna murder people. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just thought this was like a, a bear hunting movie, and like oh, okay. on the one hand, I was like, okay, yeah, I can dig it. You know, we haven't really had that before. But uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Now it's even more generic. Oh, okay. Um, well. Uh, we can we can disagree because I'm very excited for it, and that's one more question I wanted to pose to you guys. With all the really strong films that are coming out late this year, especially big films like the Star Wars uh, seventh episode, also the Hateful Eight, the new Quentin Tarantino film, uh, you have the new James Bond movie Spectre coming out. The Revenant is still the film that I'm most excited about for the rest of this year, and I think it's just because it's DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, who I, I really like Tom Hardy when he's a supporting character, yeah. which he is here. And I'm a huge fan of Lubeski and watching any film that he is the cinematographer in. And I just love the sound of the story. Hardy and DiCaprio are, yeah, those are heavy hitters for me. So I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm sure I'll be checking it out right away. But yeah, if, they, if it weren't for Pixels, I, that'd be the most excited I am. For, <laughs> wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm kidding. I fucking hate it. Oh, my God. I, just, I, you, I haven't even seen it. I fucking hate you it. You made my I, heart stop for a second. Every time I see the trailer in the theater, I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's just not good. Awful. Anyway, that being said, Star Wars for me. Star Wars? Yeah, All right. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Go ahead, Dusan. Normally, it would be Star Wars, but I already know that I'm going to go into the theater and watch it, whether it's good or bad, so it's kind of a foregone conclusion. But the thing that I'm actually really excited for is that I saw the new trailer for Spectre, and that's kind of like jumped at the head of my list. It's like, it looks really good. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah Sam Mendes will uh, not be coming back for the following Bond film, and oh, I'm wow. guessing Daniel Craig also won't be coming back, so this could be the... Uh, it's probably a good thing. It was a good stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's a good stretch. It'd be a four-film run, which is pretty standard. And, yeah. so. and that's a, and they had a pretty good hit ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if this one's good, it'll be three out of four. Right. So, yeah. So. What about you, Nick? Uh, it's uh, no contest for me. It's uh, the Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Like, yeah. I'm not even like. I mean, I love Quentin Tarantino. I pretty much have just about either really liked to flat out loved every film he's ever done. Uh, but it's like reading every detail I get about the the Hateful Eight is just realizing that he's basically making a movie that's comprised of all my favorite things, whether besides the fact, like even it's from the uh, the medium itself, because he's releasing it on 70mm film, to the fact that I hear that it's all pretty much shot in one location, in one room, and so you I love am, that. Yeah, and um, am one of my best, one of my favorite character actors, uh, Walton Goggins in it, so I am already, I'm going to see it probably twice in the first week, I am so fucking excited. Okay. <laughs> Unless it sucks, then I'm only seeing it once but <laughs> well your last uh, the last tarantino movie didn't you see like seven times in the theater i saw Django like unchained seven times in the theater and that, that was, is a high number it yeah. was especially considering that's a two hour 45 minute movie but yes that was that's what he does though and that was a movie that i was not expecting to like because Inglorious bastards was not my favorite of his so when i saw that it was just one of those instances where i said to myself at least that like this is a movie that i'm going to always want to be able to see in theaters, so I'm just I saw it as many times as I could, and I did I did not regret it one bit. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple movies three times in the theater, and always in the third time, I'm just like, man, this is too much. That's how I was with Godzilla back in like 1997. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I gotta say, Django had a pretty long uh, theatrical run. I mean, yeah. it went from like December to about like April, so wow. it's not like I was seeing it like seven times in like two months or something. Yeah, all those films that come out and. Uh, 
January to February that could have knocked it out. You yeah, know? considering it was an Oscar contender, so it yeah. kept being a holdover or whatever. So yeah. Well, yeah, lots of uh, lots of good movies to look forward to. Pretty much all coming out in December, except for Spectre, which comes out in November. I don't know I why, but I kind of also want to see that Everest movie. I don't know when that comes out. Okay, it looks all right. Yeah, I mean, it's like it'd be good in 3D or something. It's uh, I would have been really excited before Terminator Genesis came out because Jason Clark plays the main character in it. So, and I'm a big fan of his, but um, yeah, his uh, his star went down a little bit in my book, unfortunately. I got a Terminator poster the other day at the theater. I forgot to bring it. I was gonna hang it up for you. You got a Terminator Genesis poster? I wish they gave out the the poster for Judgment Day (laughs) just to say we're sorry. Yeah, what am I going to do with that Terminator Genesis I'm going to fucking poster? hang it up right with all these other posters. <laughs> no, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hang it up right now. I got no, that one, not. and I got an Ant-Man poster. Okay, okay. do you I'll have a frame it. for them? No, I don't. Well, then get a frame first. I got to mention <laughs> one more film before we cut yeah, away. Go for it. I just thought about this, but if I'm not... Um, if I'm not, you know, talking about a film that I think everybody's excited for, I would assume like Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. I just the trailer today was released for Mississippi Grind, starring Ben Mendelsohn. That came out today, and Ryan I haven't Reynolds. seen that yet. And I watched oh, the trailer, man. and it actually does look pretty freaking great. So, uh, considering he's my favorite working actor, alongside uh, with uh, Ryan Oscar, Reynolds. <laughs> well, I was gonna say him and Oscar. Oh, Isaac oh, are, I, I thought about that movie. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But as since he is one of my two favorite working actors, Ben Mendelsohn, not Ryan. Reynolds um, and Ryan Reynolds is like actually pretty tolerable and somewhat charming and whatnot. Uh, it basically looks like um, I don't even know. It looks like Rounders meets like the cooler. Like it, it just okay. looks pretty fucking great. So well, I am looking for forward to it. Ever since I heard the premise and who the cast was, uh, not Ryan Reynolds. If By you, the way, that selfless movie with him and Ben Kingsley apparently is awful. Yeah. What is with Ryan Reynolds? I mean, not that we have to get into another discussion. It's but, like the third time he's been in that movie, isn't it? Is it just me or? <laughs> but no, but like he's got like a new surge in his career because now like oh. there's all of these. Oh, like, you went the other way. Yeah. Because well, just because now he's going to be Deadpool and uh, it's the role he was always meant to to yeah. be in as a superhero. But film. it's just like I guess maybe in order to support that, that's why he's in so many movies now. But like a year ago, he was in nothing at all, so it's just weird. Like I thought the Green Lantern finished him off for good, but apparently not. He's made it back. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's gotten over the uh, the woes of divorcing Scarlett Johansson and. Moving on. Well, those so. would be some pretty deep woes. Yeah. <laughs> I I would think so, too. Uh, Nick, you brought up Inglorious Bastards when we were talking about... Oh, did I? When we were talking about Quinn Tarantino, and I guess it would be a, a time, a good time to mention that that will actually be our next episode. We're what? Gonna be, I had no idea. <laughs> we're going to be reviewing Inglorious Bastards. It will be myself, Nick Toussaint, and a, a guest. Oh, yeah! Excitement, special guest. Yeah, so uh, it'll be uh, three of us and a special guest. It's actually just episode. Kenny, but he's going to be doing a different voice <laughs> the entire time. That would be actually kind of hilarious and also <laughs> horrible at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah you yeah. don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> we could have Toussaint do impressions, but it probably wouldn't go well. So, hi ho, Kermit the Frog here, <laughs> ready to talk about Nazis. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you. So, uh, we're going to, before we start the Ant Man uh, review, uh, I just want to mention that when me and Nick went to go see uh, we went to go see Trainwreck last night, uh, Kenny was in the uh, midst of seeing Ant Man for his second time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me if we wanted to attend with him, which I told him, no, we're seeing Trainwreck. <laughs> and they kind of go against the spirit of this format. So. Yeah. Um, but apparently we saw it at the same theater and 
Oh, uh, you got my note there. I did. And, oh, I was wondering what that was. And uh, I, I won't read it word for word, but basically Kenny said that we are stupid for seeing Trainwreck and that he should we, we should be on, as he called it, Team Ant-Man. So, well, and, Kenny, it's time for you to back up those words. Well, it's also funny because it's uh, written on what looks like a, like, Oh, it's an incredibly awkward photo. Yeah, it's, an, it's a, like a photo shoot of like some, high school done fo- photographs of some friends of ours. Yeah, but but it's like yeah, twenty eight year old people. So yeah, it's, it's, really, it's weird. It's definitely the weirdest. I just couldn't I've help myself. Seen. I saw your car when I came out, and I was like, "Well, this is just an opportunity here." I do like that you have uh, the text that you have written circled. And you also have two arrows that are filled out very darkly, pointed at it, as if I would not see what you had written. <laughs> I didn't want you to think it was fuck? a solicitation and just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> this is making for great podcasting. It is. No wow. It is great when you Kenny. when you do things. Yeah, well, we're not going to read exactly what he wrote, because what he wrote is actually pretty offensive, <laughs> even, even for this show. So... We're going to leave that one for, for you to think of uh, on your own. You'll I'll post imagine. it on Instagram. Wow. Oh, Thank, no. Thanks, Kenny. I, I cried the entire way home, Kenny. <laughs> Scott. I've been watching you for a while now. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. This is your chance to earn that look in your daughter's eyes, to become the hero that she already thinks you are. about saving our world. It's about saving theirs. Scott, I need you to be the Ant-Man. Anyways, uh, let's move on to Ant-Man, the uh, Marvel film, which is directed by somebody named Peyton Reed and not Edgar somebody Wright. Somebody named Peyton Reed. Well, he's a man named Peyton Reed. Uh, you're, you'll know him from Yes Man. Oh. I won't, actually. I didn't no. see that. And, well, I think it's because he's a Yes Man. That's why he got this Oh. But actually, that's probably the case. Uh, anyways, Ant-Man uh, is about a, um, a superhero who is armed with a super suit with an astonishing ability to shrink in scale, but also increase in strength. Uh, that's really all I got for this, and I'm sure there's a lot more to it. 
It stars uh, Paul Rudd, also um, Carrie, Corey Stoll is the, the main villain in this film. Uh, also, Bobby Cannaval, Anthony Mackie shows up at some point. Uh, is he is he playing Falcon in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he didn't have shit to do in Age of Ultron. They had to find some way to like rope him in. No, of course they did. And also, uh, Michael Douglas playing Hank Pym, uh, not the creator of Ultron, apparently. Not in this continuity, no. No, no, no. no. Scott... Scott. Scott, I've been been watching you. I need you to be Ant-Man. I need you to be the hero that your daughter needs. Yeah, so anyways. Very (laughs) bad Michael. Did you you guys enjoy that? (laughs) Very bad Michael Douglas impressions. you. (laughs) I'm talking about myself. It was just below my Kermit impression. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kenny and Toussaint saw Ant-Man, and uh, let's get your guys' thoughts on what you thought about the, uh, the Marvel superhero film that I just gotta say I haven't seen it but I am all for any movie that uh, surmises that little things can be heavy hitters <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> that's all he's got my favorite review I saw was it was fantastic oh. that's what I feel it was great okay it was awesome <laughs> wait a minute fa- like fan fan fantastic you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Oh um, God! No, I I definitely did really enjoy this. I I haven't talked to Tucson much about it, but I'm getting the vibe that he didn't so much. But uh, I actually saw it twice. Um, that that's how much I liked it. Um, not only do I not see movies in the theater twice very often, but certainly not in the opening week. So it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a look into how much I liked it. Yeah, um, you didn't even see Jurassic World twice in no, the opening week. Uh, close, but not quite. No. Um, this was to me this okay so I was I was really falling off of Marvel's bandwagon here in the last couple of movies between Age of Ultron and and the second Captain America I just I it was losing steam for me and I needed I needed this I needed something to to bring me back and even I as much as I was interested in seeing Ant-Man I wasn't that into it like I wasn't expecting that much out of it and this pretty much did everything that I that I needed to get back on the Marvel bandwagon. It was, it was, first and foremost, it was a standalone Marvel movie, which was refreshing after Age of Ultron and that clusterfuck that that movie ended up being. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a standalone E film because he's just going to be roped into the Civil War and uh, the Infinity Wars, <laughs> right? right? But I I mean I've heard that it's quite okay. good at not like. Branching out every scene and making sure everybody says there's the not words. Easter eggs at every turn, right? And no. like everybody says there's, shield every I five seconds. Readily, <laughs> there's only a couple of them, right? right. Only a couple. I it, can't readily say that's a standalone film, but it does stand more alone than the recent crop of right. Marvel films, especially well, since they're only getting more and more convoluted. Yeah. It so didn't it have every them. goddamn Avenger in it, is what it did. Like, yeah, that's it right. It didn't have yeah. every single person from the universe in it. That's the bar that we're set now. And they didn't, they didn't mention <laughs> that like Iron Man was at a child's birthday party or something. Well, no, Iron, Iron Man was mentioned once uh, or twice. Um, I mean, look, it it made references. Like yeah. it, it's unavoidable at yeah. this point. Right. But that being said. It it was Ant Man. Like this movie was for Ant Man. It wasn't for anybody else. It just kind of, I don't know. I, Tucson, I want to let you chime in here because okay. I I don't know how to really talk about this too much because I don't know how much spoilers you guys want because I know all you're, I want to know do is, you want all the spoilers because or some I, spoilers? it's going to be hard to talk about it without. No, you can talk about it. I think myself and Nick are going to actually go see it later this week because we're both interested in seeing it. <laughs> but 
I mean, talk, talk about it. That's what we do on the show. Yeah. Uh, all I want to know is, is there going to be set up in the future for Ant-Man going up against the Hulk at some point? Because I think we need to get that. Actually, that would be a really cool idea that they never hearken to at all. One, <laughs> one's so big. And the, the others, I, I, I get it, yeah. They're so small. That's great. That's, I, I have yeah. a question. Uh, was there any, oh, shall we say, antagonist in this movie? <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna use that as a stop, as a springboard for for my opinion on this film. Okay, you are welcome. I'm just gonna bury that pun. Okay, um, when it's I went, alive. When I went to go see this film with my dad, um, I had two experiences, like hearing people's reactions from the film. Right, it was like when we went to the ticket holder and we were buying our tickets. Like, remember, there's gonna be two post credit scenes. Two post credit scenes. Can you believe it? He literally said, can you believe it? First time I only stayed for the first one. I didn't know there was a second one. <laughs> really? Okay, cool. It's like Just they, because, you know, every Marvel film has not had two post-credit scenes. Yeah, and, so. the, and the person who tore a ticket also told us, like, there's going to be two post-credit scenes. Even when we went to the, the the place to get our popcorn and our drink, they kept on talking about the post-credit scenes. I can't scenes. wait till like, a few years when Marvel is releasing this movie that they're going to basically send instructions to the theater employees <laughs> to, like, lock all the fire escapes and the <laughs> theater door. Oh, my God. It'll, it'll be like a Hitchcock thing where he yeah. actually, like, reads it. And you also should not allow them to leave the theater during That's the right. scene inside. Nobody's allowed to get up within the last ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I I didn't hate this film. I also just wasn't really impacted by this film. I thought that this film was just okay. It was one of the most okay films that I've seen in a long while. And I don't know if that's owed to the quality of the film itself or just my own superhero fatigue. Now, when you say just okay, do you mean just okay to you like Prometheus was just okay? <sighs> was there anything in the film that bugged you? <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple things that... <laughs> bugged me about this film. I, I didn't think it was a bad film. I thought it was a, a very adequate film. What did you think of Paul Rudd? It, I thought he was really good in this role. I, 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 think, he, I thought that he, I thought he was perfect for this. He had yep. a really good uh, comedic tilt to him, and it was mm-hmm. nice seeing that introduced um, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought that uh, Michael Douglas was, was great. I thought a lot of the funniest films, the, the funniest things in this film, it, it was kind of hard for me. Michael uh, Pena. <laughs> Michael well, Pena was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. I love him. Like, I, I loved his his tangents, like when he was talking about the the heist at the beginning, and it just becomes like this whole like um, telephone game where you heard it for this guy, heard this guy, right. and it actually like shows those scenes. Like it's moments like that that I can see like I, I can see the version of Ant Man that was to be like peeking through, and it was really funny, but it also kind of depressed me. I was like, there's not enough. Of those scenes are they're too far and few between. I'm just curious, as someone who hasn't seen it, was this movie funnier than your average Marvel film? Like, I know, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is, I would say, is a huge, like, part of it is comedy or whatever. But, like, Ultron, despite the fact that there were jokes in it, took itself very seriously. And... I thought that... It was more comical than Age okay. of Ultron. I thought that Guardians was a lot funnier than this, but yeah. there was a... There, there were some undeniable funny bits in this in this film. Right. Not just uh, the the Thomas the Tank Engine part that you <laughs> see in the trailer, but they actually build off of that later on. Afterwards, I'm just like, okay, I got to give it that. That was there, really fucking genius. There was a scene when Ant Man and Yellow Jacket are fighting, yeah, and 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 Ant Man comes back to full size, mm-hmm. and Yellow Jacket's coming at him, and he swats him with a ping pong paddle, and it 
fly, he flies into a bug zapper. Yeah. And it's fucking hilarious. Like, the way it goes down, like, they had just fallen out of a helicopter. They had gotten themselves inside of a briefcase. And the briefcase falls down into these people. But, They're having like a pool party. But don't forget that they were they were talking for some reason, and like Siri off of an iPhone actually overheard them and then played like a song yeah, from like, that. There was good comedy all throughout for the most part. Um, it, it was definitely much more in the vein of Guardians with that kind of comical lightheartedness. But it, it was it definitely it had that that I heard. Marvel side to it where it, it took itself serious when it needed to. I feel like the best parts of this film were from Edgar Wright's original screenplay, yeah. and that most of the the rest of the part was just like bar standard Marvel checklist superhero film things, which I'm just kind of fatigued with. But yeah. like, I, I wish my only gripe with this film is that I just wish it was weirder. I know that that's 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 kind of antithetical to the whole homogenization of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's just like I feel like this could have just been more. How? I'm just genuine question here. How was uh, Evangeline Lilly as what's her name? Uh, she was as Hope. She as Hope. As, as Hope. That's she, another she thing. Was good. Can we talk about like the ending thing where like the post credits? You talking about the credits? No, not the not the uh, credit thing. I'm talking about like how she, her character, and and like the. The new Ant Man, they, they end up in a relationship, and that wasn't telegraphed at all throughout the entire fucking film. Like it's maybe like mentioned by other people before. It's like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. It's like I just saw your girlfriend; she's so hot. It's like that's not my girlfriend, and there was yeah. no chemistry between them at all. Like that would seem no. so roped in for no. No, reason. she was just kind of training him the whole movie, and yeah, then, yeah, like they just kind of fell in love awkwardly. They even lampshaded that when when uh, Michael Douglas was like, "When when did this happen?" Right. I was like, "Yeah, right." Um, I will say this. I saw this movie both times in 3D. Um, I don't feel it's... I, I wouldn't recommend everybody go see it in 3D. I just kind of happened to see it in 3D the first time. Um, however, there's a scene when... Okay, so they they they, they kind of um, allude to this early on in the movie where Michael Douglas is telling him not to mess with his regulator because if he shrinks smaller than how he's how small he's supposed to go, he, he'll, he'll go subatomic. Which basically means he'll shrink into oblivion. Like he just won't stop shrinking until he doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene when he actually does go subatomic. Um, and it gets weird. I love that. And it gets weird. But I guess what I was trying to say is seeing this movie in 3D was pretty cool, but I had kind of forgotten I was watching it in 3D until this scene. When he goes subatomic in 3D, it blew my fucking mind. Like that alone was worth seeing this. I. I mean, I, I guess I almost would say go see it in 3D just for this scene. It was that fucking good. It, it was just but crazy. Can, can we talk about, like, immediately leading off that scene? Because, the, like, Hank Pym set the precedent that is, like, don't mess with your regulator or you'll shrink down to subatomic size and you'll never be able to, like, get back to normal size again. Hmm. But then he does. And I was just like, how, well, he had, how did he do that? He I, I those, blinked and I didn't know how he did that. Well, he had one of those uh, little... Um, or those little rings that if you threw it at something and it enlarged whatever object it hit. And oh. he had one of those magically. I, I, <laughs> he, he very conveniently had one on him. I and he put it those. back in the regulator, and that's how he came oh. back to I don't know. There were oh, definitely... See? Yeah. Look, the, I'm not going to sit here and say this was a perfect movie. Because no. even as somebody who doesn't sit there and pick apart loopholes in movies, I could see... Uh, on my second view, and I was just like, wait, what? I, like, I didn't notice that the first time, but wait a minute. Yeah. That was pretty convenient. I wasn't a fan of the the villain, Darren Cross, who was le- Yellow Jacket. Oh, you Jack. didn't like him. I, I was going to ask you what you thought. Excuse me, we don't say villain, we say antagonist. The, <laughs> the antagonist, Darren Cross. I thought he was just so one-no, where, where he just like either... 
oscillated between it's like, oh, Hank Pym, my mentor, is like doesn't like me anymore. I'll show him to being I'm crazy because of the Pym particle. He was kind of a whiny bitch. He was so whiny. was he like kind him. of on the same level as somebody like Michael Shannon was in Man of Steel, where you're just like, ah, oh, this isn't really like a great villain. It's just kind of a throwaway. And I mean, Michael Shannon was playing Superman's arch nemesis in General Zod, he, but I I just he he was. So unremarkable. Like, he was okay. so one note. Like, when he's first introduced, he's like showing all these like military personnel or whatever who one of them was actually the weapons acquisition specialist from S.H.I.E.L.D. before S.H.I.E.L.D. was found out to be Hydra. So, I don't know how the fuck he's still walking around. Like, he's not under like some military indictment or something. It's just, just because. Just because. Sounds like uh, good old Marvel convolution. Good old hand waving, and it's like, <laughs> and, and you could you could tell some some shit was going on because he showed them the, the yellow jacket suit, well, and it was like this this three D um, projection of all the things it could do. It's like, look at all the evil shit this yellow jacket thing can do. It can assassinate people. It can bomb people. Well, one thing I do want to say that this film did really really well, and I think you'll agree with me on okay. this: the scenes when he is Ant Man. The graphics were done so well. Yes, they were. This was like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on on steroids. Like it was pretty time. funny, and I love those movies. It, <laughs> well, they they did it so well. Like the initial scene when he first turns into Ant Man and he's in a bathtub. Yeah, the, the the water gets turned on and yeah. the water like splashes him out, and then he falls through the floor and he's like falling through. Because here's the thing: when he's when he becomes Ant Man and he's this tiny little Ant Man, he still weighs the same as, as what right. he did when as a full size guy. So like that's like me when I try to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly, Nick. <laughs> he uh, so basically like he gets washed out of the tub. And he falls on the floor. He falls down into this crack in the floor, and he's falling like through this old shitty apartment building. Like he's falling through floors because he's so small. But he ends up on the dance floor. He has the same weight. That he normally would. But then, like, awkwardly, he falls. There's, like, a party on the floor below them. Mm -hmm. There's a DJ, and he falls on the record table. And it doesn't even miss a beat. It doesn't even miss a beat. And he's hanging on to the the, the vinyl ridges. I love that part. Yeah, that was cool. It's like he just fell through the floor, but then he fell on a vinyl record, and it didn't even... Nothing. Just nah. just nothing. Hey, huh? if vinyl survived the seventies, then <laughs> what can't they survive? It's come back big time. Right. Oh, it's man. actually 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 somewhat true at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, I mean you can buy them in Barnes and Noble, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> um I did want to ask you guys about Hank Pym's involvement in the story because it seems like his character was changed quite a bit for yeah. this story and he's obviously a very pivotal person in the Ant Man universe. Um, how much involved is he in this story? And did you feel he um, was involved enough for something where basically Ant-Man is his creation and he is Ant-Man for a lot of the comics? He was there the whole movie. He was there the whole movie, but he was more sidelined as the the mentor figure. I thought it was weird when he was uh, was talking to to Paul Rudd's character where he was like, I need you to do this because I can't use the suit anymore because over the years it's taken too much of a toll on me. And I was like, why is it taking so much of a toll on you? It was like, does this suit cause cancer? Did you give him a suit that causes cancer? Yeah, is it like a crystal meth deal? Exactly. Where... <laughs> like He's like, you didn't I... want to give it to anybody else. You also didn't want to give it to Darren Cross because he would go crazy. Uh, I think he meant a mental toll because, oh. because of the whole thing with his wife and the yeah. way that his wife passed. I, and... I would love to see a, a prequel movie with, uh, with Hank Pym's Ant-Man doing like secret missions into, like, Nazi Germany and fucking up shit. I'd love to see that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I I would be happy with seeing any kind of sequel, prequel off of this. I, I don't know. I just enjoyed it that much. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, he had a scene where they were trying to break into what they thought was uh, um, 
Tony Stark's old warehouse, and it turned I wanted out to it talk was, to you about. Um, it turned out it was the Avengers, yeah. like actual warehouse currently. Yeah, and he ended up fighting Falcon, which was badass. But that was the only time one of the actual Avengers showed up in the movie. Yeah, fucking Falcon isn't really Avenger, is he? I mean, I know he is, but that's like that is like the bottom of the barrel. He's like right. he's like the token token token. Black superhero, <laughs> black superhero. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. We we could. I mean, it pretty much. It's the second got, tier token. It's gotten to the point where they pretty much, if they need someone else in one of these standalone movies, they're like, get Scarlett Johansson to do it. So, but I thought it was kind of weird that his his goggles were able to like zoom in so far. They were able to see on like a like a micro micro level to see Ant Man. I thought that was kind of just another one of his superpowers. I guess it's not a superpower. I don't know. I <laughs> guess it was it was yeah. kind of weird. But. Yeah, because Falcon doesn't actually even show up. He didn't show up until last year in uh, the Winter Soldier, right? That was his first appearance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm. Weird. They actually... Um, it, it's funny. I actually read about this after I went to go see Ant-Man that Falcon's new costume that showed up in Age of Ultron was redesigned for that film because he was supposed to make a principal principal appearance in this film. Okay. Like, that was the only reason. Like, I think that's probably the reason why he was sidelined during the, the conclusion of Age of Ultron because he was supposed to just have a prominent role in this film for some reason, which hmm. is weird. But Well, when Civil War rolls around, he'll definitely be involved with that, and he'll be the one bringing Ant-Man into it, apparently. Yeah. So. About the, uh, the second, um, the, the second post credit scene. I wanted to mention that to you. Um, is After that fucking terrible Thanos post credit scene in the Avengers Age of Ultron. I'll do it myself. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, is he involved in this movie at all at any point? No. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I really want to know what you guys think, Alex specifically. Not nothing against you, Nick. I want to know I, I don't, Al- I don't, what Nick thinks. Nick I, Nick, I really don't think you're going to care for it. You're not going to give any shits about it. But <laughs> Alex, I really well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> I really would like to know what you think because uh, I don't know. I I think you'll like it. I think you'll be right on board with me. You're going to like it more than you think. But it's not the greatest. It's not the best. Marvel movie out there. If Iron, right. if Iron Man isn't in it, I probably won't like it. Like, <laughs> like a lot. Well, they mention him once or twice, so it's you'll not, get that out of it. Ant Man in his suit looks like Iron Man. He does. Yeah. He it's does. Not, it's not enough. I need I need I need my Robert. Jesus I need, I need Christ. Oh, come <laughs> I, on. I need my Robert. 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 So what would you guys say makes this movie tick? <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to ratings here, I think, because uh, I don't think we can deal with any more puns. And we haven't no. even gotten to the train puns yet with Nick, so... Choo-choo. Uh, um, what did you guys give the... Uh, Kenny, I'm assuming you have a pretty pretty solid rating for this. Um, I, I do. Um, I, I actually would give it a four out of five. Okay. I just had that good of a time in the theater watching it. I don't know if it was because I saw it in 3D, and it, that's just not normal for me, but... I don't know, something made me go back and see it a second time. And I, I won't say the second viewing made me like it more, but I, I definitely still had just as good a time. So, um, you know, it's it's not up there with Guardians for me. I think I gave that a nine out of ten, or maybe even a ten. I don't, I don't remember. I was going to say if we're going off the off the five scale, I'm like I gave Guardians a nine oh, out of yeah, five. Out of I'm five. Like, Whoa, it was really good. No. <laughs> so I, I think I gave that a four and a half, or maybe even a five. So okay. I'll give this a four. Um, very excited for a follow up to it. Actually, yeah. all right, good good stuff from Kenny. What about you, Tucson? I think I would give this film like a like a two and a half out of five. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. It's just it it didn't do anything for me. It's like there were there were good parts of it, but it's just like there's nothing that kind of like rose above like 
what I standard expect from a a standard Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Okay. Like I, I'm not sure if I would go see it again, but I would be interested in seeing a continuation and seeing Evangeline Lilly's character return. I think that'd be really cool. Which uh, what's her character's name? Not her her name in this. What will she be playing? She will be playing. I can't um, remember, but. Yeah, she's got that badass looking costume. It's not, it's not the, the wasp. The, the wasp, wasp. Yes, the wasp. Yeah, you know. I'll be excited to see that. I, I, I liked her a lot in this movie. Yeah, I think cool. she'll be really good when she actually plays the wasp. Yeah, so. cool. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to find these characters because there's going to be like 40 characters in the Infinity War movie. Oh my so. god! Oh, I know. God. I thought you were going to say it because they'd be like so small and it may be hard to locate. <sighs> yeah, I honestly, I, as much as I like this, it does not make me look forward to Civil War or. Whatever, whatever else is coming up, I, I like it. The more convoluted it gets, the more frustrated I become. And this was refreshing, just because there were only a few characters in it. They weren't all in it, and I. Now, Civil War might it might still be okay in terms of the oversaturation of characters, because I know like Thor is going to be in it, and the Hulk. Well, at least they're not supposed to be listed as in it. They they may show up at some point for a cameo, but. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm on the fence about that one, and especially the Infinity Wars movies. Too many damn characters, man. This did nothing to make me more excited for those. It, it just made me like Ant Man. That's it. Okay, that's all. Good. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, let's move on the train wreck. Girls, your mother and I are getting divorced. Monogamy isn't realistic. Monogamy isn't realistic. Again. Monogamy isn't realistic. I didn't understand that word at the time. But now, I know exactly what he was talking about. Saturday, I would love it if you were my date. I can't do that because, like, you and I won't ever see each other again. I wake up late every morning, man, just cooling, I'm still yawning. Good morning. Oh, Amy. What happened? The church let out early? Ooh, I like Tom's sweater. Does he teach computer in a church basement? And don't get all threatened just because you don't understand the concept of marriage. You dress him like that so nobody else wants to have sex with him? That's cool. Hey! I'm just a modern chick who does what she wants. Last week, it was this guy. Is that wine in the box? Hey, Mark Wahlberg, shut up. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's like 150 pounds. I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. Before you judge, you should know I'm doing fine. My friends are awesome, my apartment's sick, and I have a great job at a men's magazine. I like you, Amy. You're clever, but you're not too brainy. You're pretty-ish, and you're not gorgeous. You're approachable. Thank you. Yeah. I'm giving you an assignment. I need a profile on a sports doctor. So you're doing the article on me? Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. You watching Downton Abbey later? LeBron, I'm being interviewed. Listen, I'm watching it tonight because I'm not going to go to practice and all the guys are talking about it and I'm left out. Tall. You follow sports? Sports. I love them. Who's your favorite team? The Orlando Blooms. Do you want to get a drink? Yeah. What am I doing? I slept at the doctor's place last night. My boy got intimate. Yes. Sexual intercourse. Oh! You never spend the night. What were you, blackout drunk? No, I had like two drinks. Three, max. Four, now that I'm tallying. Because you're on antibiotics or something? Oh my God, he's calling me. Why would he call you? You guys just had sex. This is Amy. I think you butt-dialed me. No, I dialed you with my fingers. What's she saying? What's she saying? He called me on purpose. Hang up. He's obviously like sick or something. I was calling to say I had a really good time last night. I was wondering if you wanted to um, hang out again. I'm going to call the police. Ready? 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 
Trainwreck is uh, the new film directed uh, by Judd Apatow, and it stars Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, Brie Larson, and also some other supporting characters, including Colin Quinn, uh, Tave Attell, who I actually really enjoyed, um, Tilda Swinton. Tave Attell. I, I didn't even recognize her say, in this movie. I was telling you during the movie, and you were like, nope. Because like if, <laughs> if 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 you see her like outside of like being in a film, she looks like is, a creep. When does she ever look like what she looks like in real? Life? I mean, look I at know, Snowpiercer. But in real life, she looks scary. Like she looks like the alien from Prometheus. It's fucking obnoxious. Well, well, I'm just saying. But she, but, but <laughs> she compared was... a human being to a fictional alien beast. <laughs> Well, I stand by my, I stand by it. <laughs> but anyways, Tilda Swin won't get off too much on a tangent about it. But she, I yeah, d- try didn't not to derail her. this conversation. Jesus, that's, Christ. What, we, that's what we do. One on this more show. time, one more time, motherfucker, one more. Try it's, me. That's what we do on the show. We uh, we make bad puns all the time. Choo, choo. Um, also, the last person I want to mention in this film is uh, wrestler John Cena. Who I was actually quite surprised with. Yeah, uh, with his he was character. one of the funnier parts of the whole movie. Yeah. What no, about was... LeBron James? Yeah, we'll get to him. <laughs> I didn't think he was bad. How about Matthew Broderick? Yeah, well, that was oh, awful. We'll also get to that. Yeah, uh, this film uh, was an R-rated Apatow film. Big surprise there. And uh, it was another long Apatow film that was probably thirty minutes too long. So. Um, who, who wants to start here? Either me or you, Nick. I can start. Go right ahead, sir. All right. Well. I'm actually an Apatow fan, and I say that as someone who I wouldn't even say I love like almost any of his films. And I'm talking about the films he directed, not any film he ever produced, because that would be a pretty long list. And I'm not even going to try to divvy up, uh, you know, directorial influence and where he comes in and whatnot. But just looking at his career of being a director, um, I think he, I think he's very, very astute when it comes to like. Um, human behavior and a kind of emotional resonance and I think that's actually what benefits his comedy for the most part because then he lets these you know people improvise a lot and kind of go off the rails so to speak with these tangents <laughs> and um, I actually think it's it it works out for him I mean it I mean obviously it worked out for him that he kind of started a whole new trend of that kind of comedy after it really took off with like the 40 year old virgin and knocked up especially but um I gotta say, I, I was not. I did not love this movie as much as I thought I was going to. I thought I was really excited for it, especially because I love Amy Schumer and I especially love what she's doing on Comedy Central right now. Inside Amy Schumer is definitely one of the best shows on TV right now. Uh, besides being just hysterical, it also has some very, very good things to say about uh, some, you know, just uh, whether it's feminist themes or just like just Hollywood in general. I mean, she her Bill Cosby uh, sketch was great. And so she's just not, uh, you know, afraid to say anything or do anything. And obviously some people might not like that, but I, I enjoy it. She's a great stand-up comic. Yeah. And so I really thought, I'm like, okay, so Apatow is, you know, tapping her to uh, pen the script. And um, I really thought... She was going to do something a little more subversive with the romantic uh, comedy genre, but other than being herself, which is kind of a type we don't always see in the genre, I mean, and we're starting to with people like Lena Dunham and whatnot, but it is still relatively fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, other than just being herself, the script itself doesn't lend itself to to anything groundbreaking, which is really a shame because that's what her show is doing. Like, that's what I expect from her because of what she's able to do on a week-by-week basis. So the fact that um, she just kind of... 
yeah, she kind of, I wouldn't say sold out, but gave a pretty uh, mediocre script uh, with some really great jokes. I oh, mean, yeah. There were times where I was cracking up. And Me the, as well. Yeah, and so it's not that she's not funny in this or anything like that, but unfortunately, uh, I would say the more Apatow-y parts, which I think it's kind of like the drama and whatnot, some of it worked, and I'll get into later what kind of did and didn't, but others did not only did not work, but just kind of brought the whole train to a halt, so to speak. Yeah, um... <laughs> I need a scorecard. Just going to let that one go, Alex? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, uh, there's no stopping it on this episode. Yep. Ah, this train doesn't stop. Full yeah. speed ahead. <laughs> so, Trainwreck, I thought was a, a pretty... For me, at least, because I had pretty high expectations for it, I thought it was a pretty big disappointment. I went into it hoping it was going to be uh, the start of the Apatow resurgence, even though uh, some people don't think he's, his career has, has gone down. I, I believe that his you know more recent films have not been as good as his earlier films. And even if we're just talking about his directed films, like Funny People, I was not a huge fan of. I haven't seen This Is 40. Um, Kenny gave it a pretty good review, so I, I'll have to check it out sometime, but I haven't seen it. And in this film, didn't really do anything to change my opinion of what he's been doing lately, where I felt like the film, kind of like Funny People, got off to a really strong start, not only because it was funny early on, but I thought the character development in both this and Funny People was really strong early in the film, and it fizzled big time as the film wore on. I, you know, what's funny is that I'm going to actually disagree with okay. you, and, that, and I don't, of course, want to get on a tangent, but I want to defend funny people for one minute and simply say that I think funny people is the only time for me personally that Apatow's kind of shaggy dog script really worked for me. It's not even because I love that film. I'd probably give it three and a half or four stars, you know, but I genuinely think that's the only time where he accidentally made it work simply because of the way that script is structured, which is about a guy dealing with something and then realizing that now he no longer has to deal with it. So how does he live beyond that? Well, it's definitely a more original story than the But I'm just saying like this, like, you know, it's it's a, what, two hour movie or something. And it's like, we, it takes forever to get to a beat we already know is coming and then it stays in that gear that we know is going to be reversed for far too long i mean that's when he brings in the stupid parade of not even parade because it's like three but that uh, the celebrity cameos let's just jump right into that why was matthew broderick in this film and he has fallen so far off of the map and now he's just getting like that was on on par with the jay leno cameo in ted too i agree yeah no it was completely unnecessary and what's horrible what makes it worse than jay leno cameo in ted too which is god awful is that it was actually used as a spring forward for dramatic development. So they took what should have been uh, an important moment in this movie and for this uh, for these characters, and it sold it all completely out for the sake of like, oh, look who it is, and look who showed up, and oh, look, here's another one, and <laughs> and they had nothing to do. It's not even like it's not even, like this wouldn't have made it better, but it would. I at least I would have been a little less like okay, but it, it's not even like. I would say, like, LeBron James mentioned that he randomly hangs out with Matthew Broderick, like, 
several times over the course of the movie, and it's a random joke, and then you just don't believe it or something. But they didn't mention it, it at That's all. what I mean. Like, it just comes so far out of the blue that it is such a waste of time, and it was just god-awful. Yeah, I was not a fan of that at all. Also, too, um, we have a lot of athletes who get mentioned in this film, whether they just get mentioned, well, uh, <laughs> like Alex Rodriguez done, and then Tim Meadows is just that, there for no reason, just says, fuck that guy. I <laughs> love that, that scene. I what, do, too. Because I thought that was actually a pretty, like... I would say apt summation of like what you know bros would do at a party if they hear that like oh you work with professional athletes and then you would just go through the list of who you worked with until all of a sudden you name somebody that they'd have vehement uh, opinions about. So I, I thought that was hilarious. No, and, and that whole scene, which is the the um, is it the um, the, the baby, baby shower, shower? Yeah. for Brie Larson who uh, plays Amy Schumer's Berbigula sister or whatever his name. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Um, also, since we're on that scene, I'll mention that that for me was the by far funniest moment of the entire film. And I'll, yes. I'll, yeah, I'll set it up for you guys. They're having a round table. Uh, these, uh, five women are, and, um, Amy Schumer does a bit about this in one of her comedy specials where they basically are going around saying all these things that are like skeletons in their closet, oh. a secret and, they've never told anybody else. And all of these like, you know, really well-to-do women, like their answers are like, Oh, well, one night I had ice cream after Darren went to bed. <laughs> and then it gets to Amy Schumer, and she says something about how she had to reach in with a... What was it? Reaching with her finger to get a, a condom that was stuck in her vagina out of her... <laughs> and but, but, uh, the, and the, then it the, takes the, the joke further. Oh, no. Yeah. But the the best part is there was a... a um, another female there who had not said anything during this. And pretty much, I assume that after Amy Schumer talked that this whole thing was going to be over... And then this other woman just chimes in out of nowhere and just says, well, I guess we're going to get really dirty. I'll mention that one time I let my husband and his brother double-team me on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Amy Schumer's reaction was just, I like her. It's just, it's just priceless. But, I, I almost fell out of my seat. Yeah. It was so out of the blue, and it was great. It worked so well. And I, I was, agree. I and that's, that's what the movie, for me... That's the saving grace of this movie, and the far as why I did not feel like I wasted my time with it, and why I would actually watch it again personally, is that there was enough jokes for me to yeah. to, to like it. Like, it, were the jokes all? I mean, not all, but was there a lot of that kind of no, like Judd Apatow was? He he he's got those movies from time to time where there are a lot of those raunchy kind of it moments. Came, it came it, in waves. Oh yeah, like it. Like kind of like every time you start to realize that it wasn't a hard rated, you know, an, an R rated movie, it would come in with a very, very raunchy joke or something like that. But there's plenty of jokes that are honestly just hilarious, in my opinion, like facial reactions and like. And and there were there were funny things. Um, there there was it was weird because there were a lot of uh, homoerotic undertones in this film that I picked up from not from Amy Schumer but from other characters. Um, and and there don't were there, know what you're talking about. You really don't? No, like I'm just I'm blanking. Like, well, like John Cena's whole character, the whole under- yeah, okay, yeah. he's supposed to be gay. I forgot. No, no okay, I just which, which is forgot. hammered home like in the first forty five minutes over and over yeah. again. And yes. uh, there was a, another line in the movie that I thought was hilarious during an opening montage where Amy Schumer is going through talking about how she's been with all these guys, and it's a montage of these guys getting kicked out of her house, and they're basically like walking away, and they're all angry because they're like, they don't know what happened. When you said homoerotic subtext, that usually refers to like actual two people, yeah. like oh. intention, but you mean like closeted homosexuality. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I no, guess that's I, just why I was blanking. I said the wrong term. No, I sorry, just guys. wanted to... 
Anyway. Well, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. But anyways, what I was going to mention, though, is that uh, that was the other part of the movie that I almost fell out of my seat laughing, where randomly during the scene where these guys are, like, depressed leaving her apartment because they're getting shunned away, and the one guy turns around and just says something to the tune of, wow, I found out that I actually do like pussy. <laughs> it was so yeah. ridiculous. But, but those are the parts that, like, Kenny is mentioning that are raunchy that actually make you crack up. And, and yeah. it, Well, do those yeah. almost serve as a crutch, though? Like, is the story weak? I mean, like, is it, it, is it was it... for me. It was very weak. Well, the, the problem with the story for me is that there's parts of it that are not weak. And, and this is where I'll kind of get into it. There, there are two stories in this film. There's the main story, which is about her kind of deciding that she may actually love another human being. Because she's afraid of commitment, right? Yeah, like that's all the her... kind of that's where the subversiveness comes in at the very beginning, which is usually you, she's playing the man's role of what you typically see in a romantic comedy, like the, the the guy, the bachelor who just won't settle down. You know, it's just the woman doing it, whatever. And I actually have some thoughts about the how they kind of wrap that up, but I'll okay. explain that later. But the other kind of story that's happening that I actually was pretty much on board for every emotional beat, and I really enjoyed it, was there's also a, kind of a subplot, but that's very much still important because it does also impact her own uh, behavior and attitudes on like commitment and stuff, is that she's dealing with uh, her father being in uh, assisted living and uh, still having to like... Her father was the best part of the film for me. It was played wonderfully, yeah. I thought, by Colin Quinn. I agree. I thought he was fantastic. And, and, and the funny thing is, too, is he's really not playing that much of a comedic role like he says funny things but no. he, he's playing a pretty dramatic he, character right like anytime he's making a joke it's usually like him not trying to be funny it's like just because he's saying horrible shit that like a lot of old people say you know um but what i was gonna say was that so as she's dealing with this and having her father there and also trying to maintain this relationship with her own sister because they both have very drastically uh, different perceptions of their own father and the way they're trying to reconcile that and you know try to either forgive or forget or neither or whatnot i actually thought that was pretty damn good and i wish that maybe instead of a romantic comedy we would have gotten that because it worked very well for me all the actors involved were very good well and to jump off what you were saying about yeah. it being a romantic comedy i thought amy schumer and bill Hader's relationship was so sleepy in this movie like there was nothing about it that was I, anything new, and and honestly, there were parts where I was getting just bored with with kind of the. It was, I, it was almost like a checklist they were going right. off with. Their I agree with you on a script level, as far as like the the narrative track that they went through was in no way interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do I do find those two leads charming. That okay. I did not mind sitting through the you know the the first date and the uh, the first hookup and the first fight. You know, like all the stuff that you you're, you're gonna see when you see this whatever. Um. Going back to a point that I made earlier about how I'm not a, a fan of how this movie wraps up its main plot is that it really starts to lose me, and I'm, I'm genuinely, uh, I would say, confused as to why Amy Schumer, because she wrote the script, so I have to at least put some of the blame on her, uh, on her doorstep, but I, I'm genuinely trying to figure out how she arrived at the conclusion that she did. When, in the way that she set it up. So Amy, because she's named Amy in the film, which, you know, kind of a, it's kind of a crutch in certain, uh, I would say, altures like to do as far as like, oh, I'm just playing a version of myself. So that way you don't, I would say, have to like act or be another Especially character. since she hasn't been in many other films. It seems like people right. who are acting early on get named like Seth Rogen was supposed to be named the character Seth yeah. in a couple of his early films and that kind of thing. Yep. And so when she, in the beginning of the movie, she's having, yeah, commitment issues. But 
I wouldn't call them commitment issues because she was her own person and she liked to do what she liked to do. Now, granted, part of the, I would say her problem is like John Cena actually wonderfully just kind of delivers. He just says, fuck you, Amy. You're not a nice person. Like that's actually very true. Like sometimes she's just very selfish and whatever. But what, what started to disturb me was that for someone who I would think is uh, from what I see on the TV every week uh, with her show is very, uh, I would say, feminist and just into like th- those kind of themes. Um, essentially, and I'm I'm going to be quoting verbatim, she finds out that she is not broken because she does want to get married and have kids. Oh. Like it's not so much that she has commitment issues. It's that the other characters in her life keep trying to sell her this idea of, you know um, – monogamy and things that she doesn't want and then she basically gives into that idea and there's a montage of her collecting her bong and putting her whiskey bottle and all in a box and oh she's recovered now and like i'll say this that had to be an apatow addition to this film no doubt about it in my mind like if you look at the other apatow films and again i haven't seen um i haven't seen the uh the knocked up sequel ish film i can't forget the name right now i can't remember the name right now um, oh, this, this is, is forty. 40. Yeah. Well, but, I was, but but when you look at um, if you look at a film like Knocked Up, you you see the characters conforming to stereotypes in that film. Uh, it's similar in the Forty Year Old Virgin, where he goes from this character who is an outcast, and he just tries to be what society thinks he will be. And this is very similar path that Apatow films usually go on that I've noticed. No, I was going to say totally... that sounds very much like like there's there's a lot of flashes of um, it sounds like. The, the bits and pieces of this is forty that were very real and yeah. and just very like real life relatable stuff that seemed to catch a lot of negativity the, with that movie. I'm wondering if that's why maybe there. It sounds like he he wanted to inject a lot of that into this, but maybe didn't as much as he wanted to. Just that's the thing is that it never set that up well enough so that when it does go through that third act shift, that's what that's when it became offensive. Because, for example, like, there's actually kind of a difference between what happens to Seth Rogen's character at the end of Knocked Up, because he was like a, you know, a man-child that has to grow up or whatever, and what happens to, uh, uh, I would say, Amy at the end of this movie, because in Knocked Up, that is a person making a personal choice that he doesn't want to live a certain way, and not for the benefit of getting something else. Because if you remember in that movie, they're like broken up, so he didn't do it simply just to like win her back or anything like that. He actually made life choices because he realized that he was kind of depressed and didn't necessarily whatever. But Amy Schumer's character was kind of like that. Like I'll say this, I'll agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, but all okay. I'll say is that if we're going to jump on the Seth Rogen package and knocked up and say, but yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of. Not not on the same page with you, I guess. With okay. That. Well, I, what I was going to explain is that when Amy Schumer does that speech with her sister Brie Larson, she says, "I'm broken." Okay. And, yeah. No, I'm just saying, and, and in that no, was, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. Yeah. Part, yeah. And um, she's like, "Oh, you're not broken just because you want kids." And she's like, "I know. I just didn't think what you know. I I just didn't think that someone like me basically deserved them or wanted. Them. I can't remember the lines or whatever. But we never. I mean, she hated kids throughout the whole movie. It was a running joke. Yeah. Like it's not like. There were scenes where, like, oh, you know, maybe she would be a good mother, or maybe she would be suited for monogamy. You know, this was a person who was individually her own, and take it or leave it. And the script and all the other characters around her forced her to change and compromise at her own expense. And I, that's what I just, I didn't, I couldn't get behind because okay. there's a difference between a character wanting to and basically them beating the shit out of her, and then her saying, "Okay, uncle, I give." And I'm gonna have to see this movie. I. 
as, as sad as it is to admit it, I, I, I kind of just based on what you're talking yeah. about, like without having seen this movie, I, I need to see it because I, I hear a lot of kind of my own personal struggles <laughs> with, with Amy Schumer. So, I mean, the whole struggle with like, you know, not being ready for kids and, and everybody around you, like it's yeah. time, it's time to do it. And like, it's an inner struggle that now, now I want to see it to see what you're talking about, how she ended up and all that. Well, so. and, uh, it's, it's an interesting film. In but that she was never respect. trying to get ready to have kids. So that's yeah. what I mean. Like, it just, but I think that's where the script fails, in my yeah, opinion, because it it just does not build well enough on itself, and also the film just does just the structure of it just never moves well together, and it it never really feels like a film that was pieced together in a well put manner. Everything just seems to be moving from scene to scene to get further on towards the end of this film. And I really felt like early on there was good structure. John Cena's character is, you know, he, he makes sense for his character, his sort of, you know, homosexual things that he brings out and the shouting match he gets uh, into in a, with a man in the theater where Which he turns hilarious. around and says, I'm going to fucking lick your asshole. What he's like, <laughs> That whole scene, that's, a, that's one thing that Apatow does do well, which is when you watch a scene in a trailer, you always think that you've seen the best joke you of a certain not. scene, but it always goes much further than that and to much more funnier places. I want to know, how was Bill Hader? That's the last question I, I got. I was, I was a little surprised that he was playing such a straight character in this film, and he did have a Well, you kind of called that, actually. Well, it was pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, that was like the how trailer. the trailer depicted it. But um, for him, I thought he had a couple funny moments. But um, I, I, overall, I, I would prefer him to go back to what he usually does as opposed to playing the kind of character he plays in this film. I thought he was actually pretty fantastic okay. simply because in comedy, you, you have to have a straight man in comedy. I mean, it goes back to the tradition of people like Bob Newhart who wasn't uh, – you know, like who didn't make their living being funny because they were being wacky, but because they had to just react to somebody else, you know, kind of throwing their brand of crazy onto them. So I thought he actually did pretty fantastic because he didn't overact and he was able to just simply exist, but still, I would say, offer some pretty great comedy, in my opinion. Uh, like, I mean, think about the. Uh, um, uh, when they're at the, on their first date, and uh, she's mocking him because of how he calls for a check from the That was the one of the examples of the film where he came out a little bit of his shell. But right, but he wasn't being a weird person. He was just... Yeah, I guess. I thought at least the way I interpreted that scene was him making a joke just to get her to laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. But but I just like where he, when when he did those kind of moments where he just tried to you know where he's just like I just thought I guess I was even more blown away than I thought it would be by him just being a pretty normal person. Yeah, I I will disagree with what you're saying because I. I like Bill Hader because he is who he is in these films. And maybe that makes him be like a typecast actor, but you know what? He's a comedic actor. So him being what he is known for is really what he has. And, and for me in this film, it just didn't work for me and his character. I, I would love to see 10 more officer Slaters from Superbad and other films <laughs> rather than this character. Yeah. And, and it, I just, totally, just because I just can't get on board with yeah. Bill Hader playing a pretty normal character in a comedy. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally get that. I guess I just don't think anybody else would have done like any better in that and, role. And, and I, but I'm just, I guess yeah. I'm thinking as far as like straight man humor, I, I'm just thinking of little moments like when he's going to mark uh, whatever his name is, knee. Yeah. Just the way he can just very, just very nonchalantly go, oh, I'm going to mark this knee. Do not operate on. But he's got the wrong knee. I feel like there are other actors who could have done a better job with this role because they could play the comedy and. 
not drama necessarily, but kind of a stray character. But, like I, I think I think like somebody like Bradley Cooper would have been much better in this kind of role. I, I disagree there. Okay. I personally, this the role needed somebody who was a comedy actor, but it doesn't. It didn't need that comedy because they have to actually understand timing and rhythm of like how a comedy scene plays out. But it was just, in my opinion, like Bill Hader. You know, doing something that he doesn't normally do, but I don't know about it, like a, a genuine like just actor like who doesn't like Bradley Cooper doesn't really strike me as a comedy actor. He can be funny, like yeah, when he's in like The Hangover, but he's also just basically in The Hangover. Not, I would say, being like a hilarious person, but just being an asshole who okay. is hilarious. We could disagree on that one. Yeah, so I think I think he would have him or somebody kind of like that kind of person would have done better by this role, but. Yeah. So, uh, any more things you want to talk about about this film real quick, Nick, before we uh, go to ratings? No, because I think the thing that I'm starting to think about, I can pretty much just kind of put into my overall summation of my feelings. Well, let's hear it then. Well, basically, I, I've kind of criticized this movie quite a bit, and that's because there's a lot of, I would say, things to criticize. But overall, I, I give this a 3 out of 5 okay. rating because I it, was, it, it met the bare minimum for me to like basically like it. And that's because I thought that... As a comedy, it did work for me. I'm not saying that there were certain scenes that weren't funny, like we named the uh, the god awful uh, intervention with Matthew Broderick mm-hmm. and a few other scenes that definitely dragged on and were just fucking awful and whatnot. And nothing about the Tilda Swinton character worked for me. Um, but there are enough jokes, especially from Amy Schumer, who I do find hilarious, uh, that definitely kept it moving. And I would say. On top of that, because I did enjoy the um, the dynamic between Brie Larson, uh, Amy Schumer, and uh, Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. I can get enough enjoyment out of that subplot that overall I did enjoy it. But unfortunately, it really does disappoint on the front that it should have, I would think, excelled at, which was to kind of give a subversive entry into this uh, uh, romantic comedy genre, and even if it's not to be subversive, to at least not be offensive. And I, unfortunately, I think they did kind of fall into a trap there. So I did like it, but it could have been much better. Okay, um, I will uh, echo that. Where I thought it could have been a much better film, and I did enjoy quite a few parts of this. Uh, you know, comedies are always a, a tough balance when it comes to having a a really good film that also has a lot of good comedy in it and having a film that is funny but isn't that great of a movie where i think this falls into that that category there were a lot of funny parts of this film that i enjoyed a lot especially in the first 30 to 45 minutes uh which again is kind of following unfortunately avatar's recent films for me um i haven't loved the ending of uh some of his later works and uh, this film kind of continued on that path and I, I just, I just, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure about the characters in this film, uh, you know, about how strong of a character development there was for the characters. We see earlier Apatow films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which was very dependent on um, the sort of depth and also uh, the comedy of the side characters, where I felt like that was a real struggle in this film, where a lot of the characters who played on the side, I just was not loving as much uh, you mentioned tilda swinton also lebron we haven't really even talked about his character was kind of funny because that whole thing of him being cheap is funny because he like has 300 million dollars in the bank right now but 
at the same time, they ran the same gag every time he was on screen, and, and it was kind of cute, but at the same time, I don't know I was if like, I would call it the same gag so much mm-hmm. as he has limited range. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, if you look at his interaction with Amy, like, during the basketball game, you know, like, I thought that was kind of funny, and that's not the same joke as, right. you know, whatever. But, but like, he just... He, the overall gag, yeah, was that LeBron James is like socially awkward, and yeah. which, which you know, is 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 fun to play with, and it was it was okay. But for me, it got yeah. a little old, just kind of like the rest of this film did. I I just got bored, honestly, towards the end of the film, and I was ready for it to be over. It was definitely too long. I mean, a two-hour you know comedy that really doesn't have anything else to say other than. You know, it's it's comedy with it because I, I didn't feel like there was a great message from this film. You already talked about that. You were kind of offended. By yeah, that, I was say, the final... if anything, there was a bad message. So, in my opinion, and and, and for me too, um, uh, at least me, uh, for for me, the jury's still out on Amy Schumer being a, a you know a powerhouse comedy actress going forward. This is her first starring role. Yeah, and I. I mean, I wasn't expecting her to be, like, the greatest thing. I know a lot of people have praised her performance. And, you know, I certainly don't discount that she could be a really good comedy actress going forward because she doesn't have a lot of experience. And she wasn't, like, horrible in this film at all. But I'll say this. I just, I don't really see her being a great leading comedy actress for, like, knocking out, like, three movies every two years or something like that. For me, I didn't pick it up from this film. At the same time, though, I think she would be a great um, supporting actress in a lot of films that could really bring a lot to the role. And I think it would bring a lot for her to be, like, almost like a comedic sister or something like that or or friend in a film that is not necessarily, like, serious, but, like, a rom-com where she's playing that. And I guess that's kind of conforming to stereotypes what we see right now. I was going to say, that's that's... Five years ago, that's the the only role that Hollywood probably would have given her. But but what what I guess what I'm saying is that I feel like she could bring a lot to films where she is not the star. Where if she's a star in films, I think she's going to be playing the same character over and over. Which I I, I guess I would. We'll see love. about that at least. Okay. I mean, I definitely because I've well, seen her work I, again. The jury's still. I'm, right. I'm not I guess the only reason why I disagree is because I see her acting on her sketch show, and that's literally her playing different yeah. characters within the same episode. Okay. And I I think it's fantastic. So I think this was her playing a more straightforward character, and maybe that's why she did it. And you know, she wanted to get that out of her system mm-hmm. or whatever. But we'll see if her Hollywood career does go. I mean, we've seen people like uh, Tina Fey. Amy Poehler, who are brilliant. That in, trailer for their movie looks really bad, uh, by the way. I agree, but Sisters. who are brilliant on TV and just have not made a good movie, like, almost ever. Uh, um, unless, or at least not when they're in the leading role, like you're saying. So, we'll see if this is a fluke or if it's not. I do remember one thing I was going to say earlier, okay, go really ahead. quick, and I just... Yeah, please. Can we mention the ending? We can, right? I mean, yeah, sure, the whole not? final scene yeah. is... Uh, Amy Schumer. This goes to what I was saying earlier about how basically she just ch- changes her entire whatever just to please other people. Or she, where you talk about the cheerleading? Yes, scene? and so okay. and the, that cheerleading scene rubbed me the wrong way for two reasons. A, uh, Amy Schumer as a cheerleader felt like a rejected Amy Schumer sketch. Like I feel like if somebody pitched that to her on her own sketch show, it's a one no joke as far as oh she's not as skinny and quote unquote beautiful as the other one, then she's not as athletic. Like and it went on for a while. So mm-hmm. that joke just kept being made, made, made. But also that right there is part of the offensiveness of the entire film's message, which is that like she had to change herself for this guy to be like, yes, you know what? You do love me because I'm not going to change whatsoever. 
and therefore because you need to and so like i just that was like the most blatant like in your face kind of like the film slapping me across the face with a message that i thought was uh somewhat offensive that okay. I, and that was definitely when it started to like cement for me because at first i was starting to, like maybe the script just weak but it was just that that was supposed to be a completely romantic mo- uh moment and instead, it felt like a very preachy and preaching the wrong uh, to the wrong choir moment. The I, most that he has to do is just tolerate her personality. Exactly. Yeah. Like she, she changed. She improved as a quote unquote person because she wasn't good enough. And then she bends over backwards to participate in things that well, she wants chastised. We, we even see, and and kind of to go into your point, where yeah. I'll agree with what you're saying. Because right before that scene, we see her heading to Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game. But we see in her apartment as she's getting ready for the night. And maybe this is because she had that whole cheerleader three pre-plan, yeah. which we don't really – like it's not led yeah. to believe that. But we, we hear her talking multiple times about how she hates sports. Like yeah, actually like watching really, it. And, and she has it on in the background in her apartment. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you Once, on once they went off the apartment, I'm like, oh, wait, so like she wasn't watching that to like see him on the TV or something? Yeah. Like it was just actually like she was just, oh, she, she's a sports girl now. Yeah, like, so I, I'm, I'm with you on the end. And it totally so. goes against my favorite joke in the entire movie, which was when she's sitting on the sidelines and she yells at the cheerleaders that she is chastising. Um, and she goes, you're going to lose us the right to vote. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. That was good. But that's, that's, a, that's a perfect example of the film and her character bending over backwards to completely go back on what they used to you know believe in. So anyway, sorry um, to get off on a tangent. No, that's okay. That's what we do on the show, so it's totally fine. Uh, my rating for this film was only two out of five, uh, and I, I just can't go any higher on that. I just really couldn't get into this film, especially as it went on, and uh, I was disappointed because I really do want to like John Dabatow films, and I just can't really co-sign on them being very good at this point. Um, and I, I will say, too, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that. I'm sorry. Lost <laughs> my train of thought there. Oh! <laughs> I got you, you guys. son of a bitch. I got you guys. Oh, my God. I'm so good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just that good. Take us home, conductor. All right. Uh, that will conclude this episode. Choo-choo. Again. Uh, All will... aboard. <laughs> come on, Tucson. Yeah, come Choo-choo. on, Richard. Choo-choo. <laughs> oh, that was pathetic. Get the train pun in. <laughs> Um, I'll conclude this episode uh, on next week's episode as we already mentioned we're going to be talking about the Quentin Tarantino film Inglorious Bastards uh, and we will have a special guest on Yay. the show a, a new voice yeah. so it'll be it'll be a little fresh yeah by I... special guest we don't mean like a, a celebrity that oh no 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 <laughs> yeah don't be expecting like like Eli Roth or something like that it's uh, Eli Roth yeah. Yeah. That was okay. your that was your special guest go to. Okay. Anyway, no. he plays a somewhat major character in Inglorious Bastards. I know, so. but no, Eli I know. Roth. Oh wait, I was thinking. Yeah, never mind. Were you thinking Tim Roth? No, I, I was thinking of something else. But okay. anyway, yes. Okay. Okay. I was not making that connection. Let's okay. just say That's that fine. much. <laughs> so you are right. I am wrong. Well, people sometimes are bad at making connections, especially when you're on like a different like train. And and you have oh. to get to another one, and it's hard. Although I guess it's more plain, so I'm just going to shut the fuck up I now. I think you should leave the train puns to me. Okay. You're waiting for a train. It's going to take you far away. Yeah. But you don't know if you'll make it there, because this script is horrible. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you left from 5 out of 5, right. by the Let's way. Let's get back on the rails, guys. <laughs> so anyways, Inglorious Bastards with a, a new voice next week, uh, who is not Kenny. And, uh, we'll and not see- Kermit. Yes, also not Kermit. Oh, Kermit the Froggy. <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, with all of our episodes, you can always find them on FilmTankShow.com. Uh, 
Also on iTunes, if you uh, want to rate and review our shows on there, that would be awesome. We haven't gotten a lot of that yet in the six months we've been doing this show. Do it. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> do, it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, also, if you want to email us and tell us how horrible the last 30 minutes or this whole show or all of our shows are, you can do, do that at filmtankshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a review of the upcoming Inglorious Bastards movie that we're going to be doing in the next episode, we'd also love to hear that, too. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. So from Nick Cheney to Sant Egan, Kenny Marcellus, and myself, Alex Diekman, I want to thank you again for joining us for uh, this episode of Film Tank, and we will catch you next time.